Welcome to the Messy Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Morris, life coach for artists and musicians. I will help you manage your schedule and your mind so you can create more and work less. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Hey, uh, my name is Matt Jan, and I play in a bunch of bands in Seattle. I make visual art as well, um, and then I also paint miniatures, though I haven't done that for a minute, mostly because I've just been focusing on all of the many, many other things I do. I have seen Into the Storm play, but how many, tell me again, how many bands you're in? So I am in Into the Storm, uh, where I play guitar and do the majority of like the initial songwriting. And then I am in another band called Isdal, I-S-D-A-L, um, that I only do vocals in. And then I kind of take a producer role because since I'm not playing other instruments, I get the uh, chance to tell people, hey, why don't we change a part to do this or something like this? Uh, and it's a ton of fun. And then I'm in another project with my partner called Hostile Architect that we're still getting together, but I'm very excited about uh, where currently I'm playing bass, um, but might transition to other more random instruments and kind of flip around a little bit as uh, we're really just like exploring all of the musical creativity in that one. Uh, And then I also just joined another band that doesn't have a name yet. Uh, with one of the members of Easdahl and uh, a guy who is a member of Blightmaker and Eris. Um, and in that band, I will be playing bass as well, for sure. Um, yeah, so those are the, the four ones. And then I have a pop band called uh, Broncos Game, but we are currently um, on an indefinite hiatus, though a bunch of the members keep talking about us getting back together. We'll, we'll see what happens. Who knows what 2020 will bring, right? Yeah, exactly. How do you find time for four plus bands plus all of the other things that you do? Um, I mean, I think the I think the most important part about being in a band in general is having a set like practice schedule, like with meeting with the people. So even in COVID times where we're not able to physically meet, um, at least into the storm, we still meet every Wednesday online, which has anywhere from sharing uh, different musical pieces that we're working on to just hanging out and chatting and keeping like the group together to recently uh, it's kind of devolved into all of us hanging out together and playing Rocket League at the same time. Um, but you know, we're still like a group that's meeting and when we can, we're all dying to be in the same room again, but we want to be extra careful and safe. So in non COVID times, same idea applied, uh, end of the store and meet on Wednesdays, ease the old meet on Thursdays. And then, uh, me and my partner Jules are still figuring out our timing, but right now, We kind of alternate between Sundays and Tuesdays as like a dedicated time for us to just like work and focus on music, though we also have the opportunity to kind of just like mess around whenever. Yeah. And then how do you 
manage like your own practice schedule or like how often are you practicing your craft in between your band practices? I don't usually have that one as much on a schedule. Uh, sometimes uh, I will be like, you know, set aside like an hour and be like guitar practice and stuff like that. Um, I, I honestly have like some trouble like keeping myself uh, honest with some of that stuff. And so I actually started taking guitar lessons again, uh, which made it really easy because even though my guitar instructor doesn't care if I do the thing, do things or not, uh, my own internal motivation is like, I got, I got to show them I'm improving. I got to show them I can do another thing. Uh, even though, you know, uh, specifically the person I've been meeting with, we just hang out and talk about guitar for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, like how you think it would be different if you weren't in the bands. Do you think that you would still have the motivation to write things if you didn't have other people that you were collaborating with, like, are you a solo writer also? Yeah. So I think I kind of fall into like this weird spot, especially with like into the storm because me and the drummer James have been in a band together since high school. Uh, not always into the storm, but we've played together since then. So uh into the storm has sounded like a lot of different things because it's kind of whatever we are into and um i would say that i am always writing when i play guitar like right now uh because i'm not we can't like fully flesh out songs super well we haven't quite got that figured out from a distance um i'm still like writing but not so much i'm more so focused on just like my guitar abilities and in the course of that like i've I, I like stumble into songs. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm working on this finger exercise. And then I'm like, oh, well, you know, what if I do this? And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I'll, you know, get lost in the guitar and spend like an hour basically refining some random riff or a bunch of riffs uh, that all kind of go together. And so I think since this time I've written like five songs-ish that are like, you know, just the guitar parts of it um, and then rough structures that could totally change. But who knows if anyone's even going to use those or not, but there are things that I'm writing, like I've already sort of fallen out of love with like one of the ones that I wrote. Like, I think it's really fun to play, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think this fits with what like I'm trying to do with Into the Storm. So maybe that one won't even become like an Into the Storm song. Who knows? Maybe it'll just be a fun me thing to play. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that I find that the same thing happens to me where I will practice some sort of exercise or like try another person's song, like do a cover. And that just gets me in the mindset of, well, what's this note over here? That'd be kind of cool. Or like, this is a cool technique. And like that for me, definitely uh, inspires me to write things. Are there other ways that you find yourself inspired to write or can you create that feeling for yourself to just like sit down and be like, I'm going to write right now. Um, I think for me, writing is easier than generally playing stuff. Cause I never learned covers like at all. I'm, I'm the guitarist that basically was like, Oh man. And you know, that cool part of the song. And it's like, yeah, that cool part of the song. And that's the only part I ever learned. So I knew like, 
the sweet riff that everybody knows and then I never learned the rest of the song or like how even the song went together and then I'd basically write my own version of that riff into a song or something like that um and so I feel like the 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 creation part for me just comes from like picking up the guitar and wanting to do something with it right like I feel like specifically for me a lot of that specific instrument having picked it up uh in my teens early teens uh is like an emotional expression for me so there's a lot of just like hey i'm gonna get out that feeling whatever it sounds like on the guitar and then if i after i've like done something feel like it's good i'll try and remember what i just did and like make it into a song or something like that but i'm just sort of exploring that expression almost every time I pick up the guitar, which is also why it's interesting for me right now to be in a mode where I'm trying to like specifically just like train my fingers to do things. And it's not like even necessarily super musical. It's like, I'm going to run just like finger exercises kind of things. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you take lessons when you were first learning or what's kind of been your journey to getting to where you are now? Yeah, my lesson history has been weird. So I picked up bass in high school and my mom found me lessons to take bass uh, at the mall. The Alderwood Mall used to have, I think it was like a Canelli Keys in it. And they had a little like spot out back where, uh, or like not out back, but like back rooms where like people who work there would also like give private lessons, right? And so... I had like a bass instructor there uh, and he was, he was fun. And he basically took it from the approach of like, Hey, to, to learn this, like what are some songs you want to learn? Right. And like, I'll figure them out and I'll like teach you how to play those songs. But he also like, I don't think he really wanted to be a teacher either. Cause like, I don't think we ever actually like learned a full song or like maybe you played through like a couple full songs, like, Iron Man and like I think I was learning like a bunch of Black Sabbath and stuff like that Um, but we did that until he basically just like quit that store and I think it was probably only lessons for maybe like nine months maybe less than that um, until he basically left that store something happened and then I didn't take any guitar or bass lessons again until I was in college when I became friends with a guy who I think was a guitar major and he he did lessons and I was like hey we're already friends you want to teach me uh guitar and stuff like that and by that point I was already like proficient without like knowing stuff necessarily um and so he he taught me a bunch of like different finger exercises and like started teaching me scales and stuff like that and I think I took lessons from him for like maybe four months or something like that and then again no lessons until basically this pandemic hit and I wanted to like kick back into drive and I just hit up another friend who is an amazing uh shredder in the band steak sauce mustache and he uh started like we just hop on like a call and he teaches me like again mostly like finger exercises like like what do you want to learn it's like a bunch of weed lead bullshit and I'm like that's exactly what I'm trying to learn just like how to do goofy stuff really fast all the weird things that I could like incorporate into the riffs I'm already writing so 
Yeah, I love it. So now you're just kind of like leveling up what you knew before. Yeah, and basically like some other things that basically in the music I listen to all the time, right? I'm like, I want to be able to do that. Like maybe not specifically that, but I, also specifically that. And maybe yeah. that won't ever show up in my music, but I want to be able to do it. Totally. I love it. So if you were talking to uh, someone who is learning an instrument or just guitar right now, what would you say would be your best tips for getting started and maintaining their practice? Oh man. So a uh, great question. Cause I actually have a buddy who literally picked up guitar a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And I helped him all the way through like the ordering process of like what guitar to get pluses and minuses. And I was like trying to like keep it simple for him. He's like, I'm going to buy this guitar. And I'm like, ooh, you could totally get that guitar, but here's some things to consider, uh, which then led him to buying a totally different guitar that wasn't one that, like, I had recommended because he ended up splurging more and got, like, a fancier one, but uh, he did take all the points I gave him to heart around, like, trying to make sure that the guitar itself is simple to just reduce, like, you know, what whatever instrument you can get, that's great. So like, there's no need to go buy something expensive is like my first advice if you're just starting out is like, just get a guitar. Uh, the second part I would say is look up and learn how to maintain it because that's gonna save you so much like, just like frustration. I met a lot of people who've played guitar that never learned how to change their own strings for the longest time. And I that always blew my mind because I'm like, well, if you if you break a string, how do you keep playing? And they're like, well, I don't until I take it to the shop and I buy a set of strings and have them put it on. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> learn how to do it. Learn how to maintain it. And that way, you know, no matter what happens, you can get it to some assembly of ability to play. Um, and then in terms of like keeping keeping going at it and just like how do you, how do you how do you get past it? I think it's a combination of trying to like learn things to improve and then no matter what level you're at also trying to engage that like creativity and like I said like emotional outlet for myself because while maybe those songs aren't the ones that like you want to show other people or whatever right it's like you're not initially or like you know, you're not playing guitar for another person. You're playing because you want to do something, whatever the other motivations are around it. So like harnessing what that is and just kind of keeping that going. Um, actually, I got I got really depressed a couple weeks ago and I quit playing guitar for like a week, uh, which I'd been playing so much like nonstop and practicing, uh, you know, during this time. And then I quit and because I use it as such an emotional outlet, I got like really stuck feeling in like everything. And then basically I picked up the guitar. It, it turns out for me that also then left me with this backlog of creative energy where I wrote like what could have been a whole bunch of different songs when I picked it up and ended up playing for like two or three hours. Um, but like that like channel of stuff it's like I felt so much better after I just played that uh, because it's been such a part of my life as like expression and like helping me move through uh, different things and deal with stuff totally yeah I super relate to that I 
anytime that band practice would get canceled for us, I would get super grumpy that week and just like forget that that's what was happening. And then we'd go to practice and I'd be like, oh, here's, I can feel like I can breathe again. Like I forgot, I forget every time how important that is. And when you have the outlet, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I can like feel things and move through life again. So I totally feel you on the emotional outlet for sure. Yeah. And I play, I play, I mean, I don't, I don't think you have to be in a heavy band to like experience it, but like I play in a bunch of heavy bands and in Easdall where I only do vocals, um, like, uh, if we have like a very solid, like playthrough practice, I'm basically screaming for like two ish hours or something like that. And I know that like, there were a whole bunch of like things where it's like screaming therapy, like scream into this, like that thing. And it's like, yeah, I totally feel super calm. And there's, I think like memes and like that whole, whole thing of like hardcore frontmen on the stage and then like hardcore frontmen when you like talk to them and they're just like sweet and chill and like whatever. And it's like, yeah, because like, you know, they have all that complex emotions and they're just like releasing basically a, a focused set of it, you know, with that music. Totally. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, I also want to hear about all of the other artistic things that you do, because you're not just a musician, even though that's a large piece of what you do. Um, You also do various forms of visual art, right? Yep. Yeah, I um, probably predominantly do like drawing and sketching of some variety. And then I do painting. And then uh, I also have started on doing like more like video editing and stuff like that which I hope to get far more into in the future but uh I gotta buy a video editing rig and those are a little spendy so I will I will get to that soon yeah and what how long have you been doing that for like what's kind of been your journey with that sort of art has it followed your music career or what's your story with that yeah I mean I think that I've uh kind of always done art like I have all sorts of weird pictures and things like that from like way 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 back when um my uh, aunt is a artist like a academic like professional artist um and my dad is a also an artist though that's never like been his profession he's very artistically skilled and I oh and my uncle on my dad's side is also an artist um, who sells paintings and uh, was a firefighter and he has since retired and is just a full-time painter now Um, so like I have it in my family and so like it was always encouraged to like you know do do art stuff and draw and things like that Um, and I would say that I've basically been doing that forever um, to varying degrees of things Um, and I've always been very confident in what I did which is weird because some of it's not very good at all uh which also uh thanks to you and you know just a general opinion i've always had but uh i loved your your prompt make bad art uh resonated with me because my general opinion about art and this goes for music too is that uh it's all bad art uh there's no such thing as good art but also it's all good art there's no such thing as bad art kind of thing um which is basically just like you know how how you interpret it and how you see it and like what it means right like is so contextual and individual to each person right it can mean so many different things um that 
it doesn't like really matter. And so like, I think with my visual art, a big part of like that, that weirdness was just like, uh, I guess, I guess kind of me being like, always feeling, I feel like a lot of this comes from like back when I was an angsty teenager instead of the angsty adult I am today. Uh, or it was like, you know, fuck, fuck, fuck the system. I'm, I'm doing it different or something like that. I don't even know, but like, I have actually collections of art that I think is still really, really awesome that I produced in high school where I would spend easily hours a day drawing uh, in the margins of like papers and things like that, that I would turn in. Um, and then I, I clipped all those out and threw away obviously all of the whatever learning I was supposed to do or something like that because some of the art pieces like win in series and stuff like that where I was like I was like all right like I'm doing this like weird series on like this this figure kind of thing so like uh, I've put way more mental energy into like planning that out and how that was going to go than whatever the assignment was so there was like big uh breadth and depth in there and um just in general with uh stuff which is, which made me laugh is that uh again in your prompt you did make more art july is you had uh get paid as like one of your things right like how to sell your art and how to do that and it's funny to me because for my visual art i've basically not ever really intentionally sold things i've given away a bunch of pieces i've given away a lot of stuff and I've definitely sold some pieces, but like, I never like set out to like do that, which is really weird because like in my mind, I'm always like, oh yeah, someone would could totally buy this for a whole bunch of money. But like the, the steps between those two things are nothing I've literally ever pursued or even like looked at kind of thing. And going back to high school, I was in an art class where we had to do like self portraits kind of thing or like this weird portrait of yourself. And I still have the piece lying around somewhere, which is this goofy piece uh, where I made myself with a tiny little body and this giant kind of morphed head, um, you know, is very like Burton-esque or something like that. And in the background in the sky, because this was like senior year going up to that, I thought maybe I would attempt to try and get like an art scholarship or something. Never got an art scholarship, never even attempted to try and get one. So who knows? Uh, but in the sky, I just wrote insert money here um, as like a piece of it. And it's like, it's like, it's like, well, what do you, what, what's this piece supposed to tell like people looking at it? It's like, well, one, I want money for my art. And two, like, I don't know, I'm a weird looking person standing amongst a bunch of trees or something. Why do you think that you hadn't really pursued asking for money for your art before? Um, I mean, I think I, I think it falls into like two different, two different realms. Um, one is that, uh, I think the steps to do it and like the collections of like what I wanted to do with it just weren't my focus. Uh, I think I always focus on like the music more, right? And then like, I use a lot of like the, the visual art things I do as like an extension of that. Um, so like for Into the Storm, I think I've done almost all the album covers except for the uh, little EP we did that uh, Brie uh, Siegel made the art for, uh, which is amazing, by the way. She did 
fantastic job on that. But I've done all the other ones. I always like kind of seen it as just like an expression or an extension of that kind of thing. Uh, and now with Easdall, it's kind of the same same road, but I'm like put different boundaries on what I want to do for it. So like I've done all of our uh, album art for all of that stuff so far. Um, yeah, so I think I just have never pursued it because I just didn't, I didn't want to put in the effort to make it where I could get something out of it while at the same time kind of having this weird like internal belief that the amount of work it would take to like get there like was was more down a road I didn't want to go into. What like how much effort do you think it takes and why is that not a road that you would want to go down? I mean, you certainly can just create art, but if it's even a thought in your mind of like making money from it, why wouldn't you? Um, I mean, I don't really know. I honestly don't have, have any kind of answer for that other than this, I never did. But uh, on the flip side of that, uh, as of today, uh, I have a Patreon. So nice. that is a thing that people can go and sign up for. And yeah, like, I'll uh, put that in the show notes. Got some different like things and I'll be like expanding on them because I just set it up today. So I basically was like, well, here's the ones I, I know I want to do that like kind of makes sense to me uh and then i'm gonna you know become a part of the whole patreon ecosystem where like you know what what do other artists do kind of thing and just like look at how how they're making it i also think uh part of it is like the the range of time within like me being in art like in like high school and stuff like that and how technology and everything has changed like the landscape of things so much uh is another reason why it's like so so different because like back in back in high school like i think we'd gotten myspace like near the end of it or something like that when i was there right but there wasn't like instagram or like facebook and like there weren't like a huge push of like sort of like the the art art stuff that you can follow and see today on there right um and so like figuring out like how to set that up kind of things um it wasn't a thing i'm just like like my mind just like went back to like me building shitty websites on like angel fire and stuff like that and like oh, yeah. GeoCities where I was like bootlegging concepts for how to like steal supplies to build your own skate park and stuff like that <laughs> uh, and hosting illegal ROMs and all sorts of weird stuff so that you could play video games. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I mean, do you think that people were making money back then from art? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, obviously they were, but like in, in my mental state, I'm just like, yeah, that was not a concern of mine right well yeah but like, just in the sense again, of like I was, uh, I was like, dude, who, who knows what well it's just interesting because people were making money then and they're making money now in the context of how they're doing it is differently but people are still making money what are your thoughts about artists making money from their art I mean, it's amazing and it's great. Um, I do have like a couple like weird opinions on it because like I think uh, I think I think basically people should be able to make a living doing art and things like that. 
I also think that, you know, some artists uh, who are great artists also like due to like the world we live in set their stuff up to basically be beyond the reach of like someone like me and I'm, I'm doing all right for my, I mean, right now I'm unemployed, but I'm generally doing all right and like can, can, can get stuff, but like being able to have, you know, the money around to buy a painting I really like, but it starts at $3,000 for like one of these originals because they don't make prints for some reason. It's like, that's not accessible. And I feel like figuring out a way to like, you know, have it be accessible while it being worth it and stuff like that is like this really weird, interesting spot. And then I also believe that just in general society should, you know, support humans and people and animals and everybody more than we do, which means that, you know, maybe, maybe that price isn't bad. And just like the quality and standard of like how much everybody has would be easier. So that that's not like, oh man, well, I could like, you know, eat, eat rice and beans for like two months and maybe get that or a few months and get that, uh, you know, and just like not buy food or like maybe, you know, those things aren't so hard to come by and then being able to have like the funds to do that uh, isn't so bad. Yeah. So you do want your art to be accessible and it would be nice to be paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, over the last month I actually sold more art. I don't want to say that I ever have because like I, I, I could be wrong in like the weird ethereal historian watching my entire life is like, that's a lie, but <laughs> it feels like I think in the last month I sold more art than I ever have, especially in a month time period, which was two pieces of art. And granted I charged like, you know, 25 bucks a piece for them. Cause they're like little, little sketches I did. Um, and I didn't want to, I don't want to charge a whole lot. Um, but like the whole, the whole principle of like, well, I'm packaging those up and like going through them, right. As I'm like, it's like, I'm very stoked for those to go to the people they are and like all, all of the stuff involved in that. And I'm also putting like this little package together. And then in the back of my mind, I'm also like kind of running the numbers. And I was like, well, if I wanted this to be like all I did, how how much would I have needed to charge for these given like the time they took and knowing like it's different when those are like kind of like freeform sketches that were like I was just making and then people were like uh inspired to buy right like I had no intent and I didn't think I was going to sell anything and then two people ended up buying stuff to being like okay well I need to produce enough to like enough people to see it to buy it to actually then go through like all these steps of like, you know, like shipping isn't free. I had to put them in envelopes and like uh, I have some experience with that from like being in bands. So I cut all the corners and did it all super cheap. But at the same time as like, I probably spent, you know, an hour and a half just getting everything together to package those up and to ship those out for two pieces of art kind of thing. And so yeah, like, like the like, whole like business side of it is still yeah. work which granted you know becomes faster and faster if that's like all you're doing for the most part but uh just all those all those thoughts and ideas in my head I was like man what what would it take which is also why I'm excited for this Patreon like endeavor because I plan on through that like getting a lot of those pieces together in a way that it's like okay now I'm prepared right like 
um, I guess that'd be my, my other advice is like, it, it is kind of all about having that like preparation to some degree, right? Like if you spend two days preparing everything, knowing you're going to ship a bunch of stuff, then when it finally does happen, it's like, oh, okay, that doesn't take very long, like super, super fast kind of thing. Um, one of the things from bands I always like doing, cause like, usually I left it up to uh, my other bandmate cause he had all the merchandise at their house. So they were shipping everything out. Now I'm shipping everything out is like writing a little thank you note, right? That goes with everything, but I want it to be more than a thank you note. So for into the storm, I printed out a bunch of photos uh, that we had taken of us that are like these promo shots that are like super cute. And then on the back of those, I write like the little thank you note and for supporting us. Right. And like the love and sign in the storm. And then like, Similarly for Easdall, which has a different vibe, like I have these like abstract art that fits the art of the band that I write a thank you note on and ship it out with. And then for myself, I was like, well, I got to have a thank you note too. And like, what's going to be like my little calling card to go with those. And so because I just did, I, I uh, scanned my entire sketchbook uh, as a part of basically getting those things ready to ship so that I have my own digital copy of everything. And I don't really need the physical copy as much anymore for most of the things, right? Is that I was just like, okay, well, this is kind of a series. So I should just choose something out of here that I probably wouldn't sell and like print that out a whole bunch of times. And so uh, I know this is a podcast that people can't hear, but you can see it because I printed out this little guy and I have oh, these little cards and so I wrote like my little thank you notes on the back of these and stuck them in so now I have a stack of those little like ready to go cards that are almost like business cards yeah I am curious what you think was the reason that you sold even if it's untrue in this ethereal way the most art that you've ever sold in July like what do you think was the reason that that happened so I think there's I think there's two aspects to it. Uh, one is one of the people uh, who bought art is inspired by you, and you encouraged everybody to buy art and to support basically artists and things like that. And I think that the mentally we're in are in a state where they're like already a part of that and kind of this like uh, bit that you're doing. And then the other part is that um, because I did like the July challenge. I made this entire series that's 30 pieces uh, with a 31st secret piece uh, that uh, all goes together. And then basically, you know, when I'd, I'd post them up on Instagram, I put make art every day as like the first tag on everything and then like posted them up. And some of them had like additional context around like the prompt that you had, but other ones didn't. And for whatever reason, just putting that like little tag, make art every day, and then uh, posting them in these big blocks, like inspired a bunch of people that I know um, in an interesting way. And so I think that doing that semi-consistently got people just really into it, right? And uh, like the second sale, I think the person made a comment that was just like, I don't remember if they said they had to have it or something like that. Um, yeah. And then I was like, Hey, let's talk in the DMS. You can absolutely have this. That's not, that's not an issue. And I'm not selling them for very much. So <laughs> that's, that's not going to slow you down awesome. either kind of thing. Um, so part of what I'm hearing from that, if, if you don't mind me kind of like condensing that down is 
that you were consistent in creation and sharing and that you were a part of a community slash you know you were networking like you were meeting people and like connecting with the people that you know and those two pieces like having this consistency of output in in creativity and in terms of sharing and then like having people around kind of made it inevitable yeah yeah i mean i think anytime you can join a community or build a community or be a part of a community i think that's like that's huge and it's like a big part of it and the same goes for music too like for into the storm um i know that a lot of our biggest fans are also in bands uh that that play around and like a lot of times you know you see so many people at shows and stuff like that and like you travel and you don't realize it and then like i've had people come up and, and talk to me about like oh man like that album you guys put out was is like one of my favorite albums like i've watched you guys forever and like stuff like that and I think that's also a point I would want to make if I'm just talking about art stuff is that you actually never know who's watching, um, which is pretty, pretty wild. So I've had like a bunch of different jobs, you know, trying to survive in this capitalist world that we currently have or society that we have here. And like, um, I made, I've made a bunch of different friends and things like that. And the amount of times I've talked to people, you know, like I think we, often see or we kind of see you know like with instagram or like facebook like people who like are giving likes and like stuff like that or like commenting right but it's like that's actually like the minority of the people who see your stuff and the majority of people are just gonna look at it have their opinion and never let you know that they're doing that kind of thing and so like i've run into people and talked to them and been like oh yeah i've been doing this thing and they're like oh i know and i'm like oh that's weird okay i, I guess i i guess i did share that <laughs> neat <laughs> Yeah, I would say a majority of humans, myself included, end up being lurkers most of the time. <laughs> like, are just kind of passively enjoying every, what everyone's putting out there. And then eventually, someday down the road, they tell you and you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely fall into that too, except for I'm... Uh, um, our, our local celebrity, Adam Noble Bass, has always inspired me. Uh, and so if if I'm on and basically you're in my feed, I'm probably going to like it. Uh, it's like 98% chance that if I see it, I'm going to just to basically increase that number for people. And like no reason, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is free for me to double click right now. Double click, double click, double click, double click. Like everybody along the, along the way kind of thing, um, which I've... I've always enjoyed. And I've also always enjoyed uh, his other statement, which is that the first person to give a heart or a like on anything he's ever posted is himself. And I've seen people like comment that out or something like that. And he, and he was like, yeah, well, of course I liked it. I posted it. Why would I not like it? <laughs> I love that. I love that mentality. That's great. And it also made me think one other thing that you mentioned uh, about making art and making money uh, was that what you do and the actions that you take more often are reciprocated than not. And so when you think about like how you are interacting with art and like if you're someone who is liking things a lot and commenting and buying your friends art and supporting them in sustainable ways, it more often than not comes back to you and not from a place of doing it so that it comes back to you, but it just naturally does when you're the, when you're acting in the way 
that you would hope others would also act. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's that whole like promote promote to promote like kind of thing, right? Like I think that one of the most dangerous mindsets uh out there for any artist is like and I think it's it's just that societal one of like competition right like like oh i can't i can't be the artist because you're already the artist kind of thing it's like no no we can we can all be the artist and we can buy each other's art and support each other in our art and it's not a competition and we make art that's totally different and like i don't actually need to compare my art to yours because like you know the feeling or emotion i had when i made it even if you know we both threw sticks is that is it's coming from like you know a different spot because it's my emotion it's not whatever your emotion when you made a stick was even if they ended up looking very similar kind of thing so like um, uh, i watched i watched a lot of like uh garbage tv uh less garbage than garbage tv you want i want to throw that out there right now i watch comic book bad tv not reality bad tv and so no judgment uh, here (laughs) (laughs) uh one of one of my favorite lines from uh a character from from the daredevil one and i don't know if he said it like a million times like during the course of the show or not but said it enough is a a rising tide lifts all ships and basically to me like i think of that all the time because that's like that whole community idea right like i lift you up and it's like you know you don't even necessarily need to lift me back up in return but just like more people are going to be exposed to more art and like just by more people being exposed to more art more people are going to be looking for more art and like it just kind of like hey community's going totally yeah there's no need for competition. I mean, you can even think of it the same way as you think of shows. Like you want to be in a network with bands that are similar to you so that you have people to play with. And like, there's going to be other bands on the bill that sound similar to you. And that's great because then you have bands to play with. And it's great when there's different bands on, like, that's also amazing, but that there's no need for competition. Like there's space for all of us on the stage effectively. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, like you, your 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 buddy's band getting some accolade from some other place it's like amazing that's that's fantastic share the fact that they got that don't feel bad that your band wasn't getting that accolade or you know whatever it's like yeah you can use it as anyone's getting recognized yeah you can use it as inspiration that it's possible for you if it's possible for them is how i like to think about it yeah absolutely okay This has been super fun. You had a lot of great tips for everybody. I would love if you would share the thing that you are most proud of yourself for in regards to art, music, all of the things. Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go with like most recently because like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of all my babies, all my art babies out there, uh, regardless of size and stuff like that but is probably uh, Easdahl released a song called Celestial while we've been in this pandemic. And I'm super proud of how that all turned out because I took a, a recording that we had made like last year sometime that was like a scratch track for us to just kind of know what the song sounded like. And then uh, 
taught uh, my guitarist how to use the recording setup we have in the practice space over the phone so that he could overdub some guitar parts and then did all of my vocals in my closet at home and basically compiled all these things together without ever seeing my band uh, and then mixed it and edited it and had like just an amazing time putting the whole thing together and I think it turned out fantastic for what it is and then released it with a music video that I put together as well based on all of this footage that I took on my phone. And I feel like I'm always like recording videos of weird things on my phone because I'm like, oh man, this is cool. I could do some of this maybe someday. And so I compiled like all of these different, like, you know, 10 second, 30 second different clips of things to make this music video for that song that also came out. I love it. And it was a great video. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes also, because it was amazing. And I love this idea of, uh, you know, you had this plethora of things that you were like, I don't know, I could do something with that someday. Kind of like how a lot of people have, like, you know, they save magazines, like, well, maybe like cut them out and use them for something someday. And then you finally took them and made something out of it. So I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, Tell people where they can find you and your work. We'll obviously link it below, but where can they find you? Uh, so probably the most hub-like spot currently is on Instagram. Uh, and my handle is I gotta get the bees out of my teeth. And it's gotta, G-O-T-T-A, and outta, A-U-T-T-A as well. Uh, just to follow that whole saying and being able to say it fast. I know it's long and a mouthful. Um, and then into the storm, you can just find out into the storm.bandcamp.com and easedal, isdal.bandcamp.com. Uh, and then I'm going to leave the, the Patreon, whatever linkage up to you after the fact, because that one's longer and complicated, but most likely you could probably just search my name, Matt, last name, Jan. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Matt. This was super fun. And I think you had a lot of great tips and inspiration for people. So I appreciate you coming on. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, there you have it. That was Matt Jan, local to Seattle artist and musician. So many great things that he had to say. I think he had a lot of really great points about consistency and just keeping at it and that the work will pay off. And especially when you're a part of a community and invest yourself in that community. So I love that so much. This was such a great interview. All of his links are going to be in the show notes. So check it out. Go to his Patreon. Check out his bands. Really fantastic work. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye. If you liked this podcast, you'll love working with me. Your art, your music could change the world. So what are you waiting for? The link to chat with me is in the show notes. So head there and let's get going. All right. I'll see you next week on the Messy Magic Podcast. Bye.